everybody? If you can't hear me, we'll get turned up here in just a second. <clears throat> we were talking about the power of life and uh, specifically how uh, we can get a hold of this and how it can transform us. Uh, children, you can be dismissed to the kids' church. And try not to run off if you don't have to. At the end of service, we're going to have communion, and we have open communion here at Unlimited. That means you don't have to be a part of our church or a member of our church to participate. You just need to believe in Jesus. And if you're a believer, then we believe that uh, you, can, you can partake. We can partake together as a family of God. So, so stick around for that for a few minutes. Uh, we're talking about power of life. And I tell you, we had a lot of power this morning, and it was wind power. Uh, if you were outside, I, I was here at 3.30 setting up this morning, and it was blowing, and it was, I mean, it was, it, it was, I thought it was tornado or something. I mean, I could not believe how much it was blowing, and it was blowing our signs around, blowing our signs down. The one that's out the road, I set it up three different times this morning, three different times I went out there, and it was down. The third time... It blew it into the street. Thankfully, it was light at that point, and I saw people driving around it, and I went out there, and I picked it up. Now it's died down, so I went and put it out there before we started church. So there's, it's, it's uh, kind of crazy because this, this wind power will do a lot of damage. This last week, I'm driving home. We don't have our trailer yet. We're getting our trailer on the 19th, praise God. And uh, driving home, and all three of our of our music stands just flew out of the back of my truck for no good reason. I was like, didn't understand, but flew out, and then the person behind me ran over all three of them. And so I went, and, and I had an, a, a friend. He says, man, I've got a couple of things, and he had, he had this music stand right here, and then he had an old um, Sunday school podium, you know, like when you sit in Sunday school, those old podiums. So I got those, and la last, it was old brown, so I painted it, you know, black last night until we could get something else for us. And I'm coming to church this morning, the wind's blowing so bad, it blew it out of the back of my truck and busted all over the ground. So we're, we're, we're down to two now, and we're going to make it. We're going to make it. But that, that, that is powerful, wind power. That's, that's, that's very powerful. But we're talking about a power that's inside of us. Now, it's very interesting because we need to stick around. We're not going to get there today, but in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about how this power came to the apostles and the Bible actually re references it as a rushing mighty wind. So I hope that you can be here. And as Christy said, man, come next week. Invite people that normally don't come to church because it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, Brother Rainey is, is a great guy. And I think that you're going to really enjoy Chaplain Rainey. And so bring people and tell them to wear their garb, wear, wear all their biker stuff. I'm getting Mike. Mike's going to be up here playing his guitar with his biker stuff on, right, Mike? Yes, he is. We'll make sure of that. <clears throat> so last week, last week I told you we were going to talk about encounters, and we specifically wanted to talk about two encounters, and one encounter is Jesus. So we, we discussed Jesus, and we discussed the Holy Spirit's role in bringing us to Jesus. And a lot of people use the word experience, and it's not that the word experience is, is bad, but I think we just we kind of get into this thing of experience as kind of an emotional thing, but an encounter... An encounter is when you meet something face-to-face, -face, when you come face-to-face. -face. And as we talked about last week, you have good encounters and you can have bad encounters. You know, uh, if you were in the back alley and somebody come around with a gun, that's a bad encounter. You encountered something bad. But the Holy Spirit and Jesus, these two that we're talking about, these encounters that we're discussing, these are good encounters. 
The first encounter that we talked about, like I said last week, and the most important is Jesus. And without the Holy Spirit, then we can't, we, we can't receive uh, what he has for us there. Also remember what we learned last week. The Holy Spirit is not it. He is a person. He is real. He is God. So when we, we, we reference him, he is somebody. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And many people think that the Father and the Son is all that they need, but we need a lot more than that. Because Jesus, he went away, and he said in John 16, 7, look what he said here. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. So it was good for Jesus to go away. Jesus was... He was in the Middle East, right? He was in Jerusalem and Samaria and those areas over there. So he wasn't everywhere. The Holy Spirit is able to be everywhere. Jesus was a human uh, a God in human body. And so he could only be at one, one place at, at one time. So he was to go away. And the person, the advocate that Jesus is referring to here is the Holy Spirit. Now, before we go any further, I want us to dig a little bit deeper into the Holy Spirit. And the word that is used here is advocate. But let's break it down even further, and the, the, the root word of this that, that talks about advocate is the word paraclete. Paraclete, and a paraclete is many things. A, a paraclete is a, medi uh, a mediator, an intercessor, a helper, an encourager, a companion, and a comforter. So you see there's, there's many things that he is. So the Holy Spirit's all these things, and he is the spokesperson to the Father. He speaks when we pray and we seek out. He is our spokesperson. The word says that when we pray and we don't know what to pray about, that he will pray through us. The Holy Spirit will pray through us. The Holy Spirit also is a spokesperson for the Father. And we will learn more throughout this year what we're talking about, the spokesperson for the Father, because he speaks into our lives it may be supernaturally, it may be helping us understand the word better as we read, but he also does that. And everything that he does points us to the Savior. We learned about that week, which is Jesus. Now, how does he do this? How does he point us to Jesus? In John 16, 8, this is what he says, what it says. And when he comes, talking about the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and the coming judgment. So the Holy Spirit convicts people of sin. We need the Holy Spirit. Because I don't know about you, but I mess up. And I need to be convicted. I need to feel conviction. Because the Bible says that if we say we have no sin, that we are a liar and the truth is not in us. I need to be convicted. And that's what the Holy Spirit is here. He helps us understand God's righteousness. We cannot be righteous without Jesus blood and what the holy spirit indwelling us the holy spirit also warns us of coming judgment if you didn't know something bad was going to happen to you you might not listen but when we listen to the holy spirit he lets us know this is the coming judgment and here is the way to get out of the uh, get over here and get out of the way this is the way to go over here don't go this direction go that direction a lot of people say when you tell them that that something that they're doing is wrong well you can't judge me 
Well, you want to know something? I want to tell you that it's wrong because I don't want you to die and go to hell. I don't want you to lose your life forever. It's not that I'm judging you. I'm warning you. And the Holy Spirit does that for us. Now, many people are scared. When we reference the Holy Spirit, we have so many people that are scared of the Holy Spirit. They've heard maybe a little bit about him. They've heard his name, but they're scared really to get to know them because they're scared of what he's going to ask of them. If I really get to know him, what is he going to ask of me? I have a friend who has been seeking out the Holy Spirit. But every time my friend gets close to really receiving and being baptized in the Holy Spirit, they run, they hide, they want to get away. And the whole reason is, is because when they know when they let go and let the Holy Spirit come on them and, in, in, and really baptize them and really fill them up, that they're going to have to listen to the Holy Spirit. And they're afraid that the Holy Spirit's going to ask them to do some things that they're not doing right now and live a different way than maybe they're living right now. So a lot of people are scared of that, or they're scared of, of the manifestation of what he may manifest in their life. Remember the two 16-year-olds I talked to, to you about last week? They had heard of the Holy Spirit, but <clears throat> going to church, they had never been taught about the Holy Spirit. Why were they not taught? Because when they really start to understand that they live in a supernatural world, people then realize they really don't have as much control as they thought they did. When we begin to realize, you get that? When we begin to realize that this human part that we see is so minute, it's just a, a segment of what we really live in. We live in a supernatural world. If it isn't supernatural, then how did Jesus die, be buried for three days, and then be raised from the dead? That's supernatural. We live in a supernatural world. There are things going on around us. The, the Bible tells us that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness. There's a lot of stuff going on around us every day. And we need to understand this power and what the Holy Spirit can do in our life and how he can get us to the place that we really can be effective for Jesus. Because you're going to come across some things in your life. Maybe it's personal, or maybe it's with a friend, or, or, or maybe it's that person who really doesn't like you. And at that point, the Holy Spirit can come in, and he can give you wisdom, and he can give you direction, and he can show you exactly what you can do. And he can give you the power. The Word of God says it's not by my, nor by power, by my power, but by the Spirit of God. And if we want to have powerful life, we have to understand who the Holy Spirit is. When we pray to the Father for help, remember that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. When you're going through bad times and you're going through rough times, the Holy Spirit is here to comfort you. And that's what I think is so neat about that word paraclete. Because there, we, when we look at it and we look at everything it really means, the Holy Spirit is everything that we really need here on earth. That we really need here on earth. He is there to help us He's not there to hurt us. See, we quote John chapter 3, verse 16 a lot. For God sent his son into the world 
right? For God sent his only son to die for us. But in, in verse 17, he says, he didn't send him to condemn us, but so that we could be saved. See, God doesn't want us. There's this idea out there that we have a God that every time we mess up, that he just wants to beat us over the head. No, he wants to love us. And if you have children, you know, children go wrong, but you want to grab a hold of them. And children need that same kind of love the Father has given us, that unconditional love where they can, they can have somebody wrap their arms and say, you're okay, I understand, you're going to make mistakes. And that's the exact same way with, with the Lord. He doesn't, he doesn't want bad things for us, he wants good things for us. He wants to see us one day with him. He says that he would have it that none should perish if he had his way. That's what would happen. That's what would happen. So we're scared of the Holy Spirit, and we have to understand that he's not going to do anything to hurt us or send us in the wrong direction. Another thing, he's not there to make us look stupid. A lot of people got this idea that the Holy Spirit, well, if, if, if I really surrendered the Holy Spirit, he's going to make me, make me look stupid. Or people are going to, you know, what does it matter what people think about you? If you're driving down the road and right in front of you, you're going 75 miles an hour and everybody around you is going 75 miles an hour and right in front of you, you see a tornado coming down the road. Don't you think you're going to stop, turn around, go the other way? And tell everybody else, come on. You know, the, 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 the movie Twister that was, you know, back in the late 90s <clears throat> that came out. They're driving down the road backwards. They're honking at people, telling them, turn around, turn around. That's what we would do, right? We would do the same thing. So the Holy Spirit's not going to make us look stupid, but he's going to help us to be effective, like I said a minute ago. Also, the, her, the Holy Spirit is going to be there to encourage us and the number one thing he's going to encourage us in is to be sold out to Jesus to be sold out to Jesus now that word was used a lot when I was in my teen years and I don't know if it's used as much now I just don't hear it anymore but I think it should still be used those those two words sold out but what does sold out mean what does sold out let's see what Jesus in his own words says about this Matthew 16 24 through 26 then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my followers, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your own soul? Is there anything worth more than your soul? This is being sold out. What does it gain? What is it good for you? How does it help you if you, get all, if you gain the whole world? How does it help you? But you lose your soul. You're only guaranteed a certain amount of time on this earth. Eventually, you're going to die. 100% of us are going to die. That's just all there is to it. There's nobody here that, in this room that's not going to die. You're going to die. So if you gain everything but you lose your soul, what good is it? Jesus says being sold out is taking up your cross and following him. And if you really think about it, this is the hardest thing. Because what does it mean to take up your cross and follow Jesus? Maybe you've heard that's, that, that old hymn that talks about taking up your cross. But what does it really mean? 
Well, let's put ourselves in the time of Jesus when he says this. He says, you're going to take up your cross and follow me. And the disciples end up finding out what it, what it really means. To take up your cross and follow Jesus is to do exactly what Jesus had to do to see people get saved. He had to put a cross on his back and walk up a hill to, 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 to Golgotha. This hill called Golgotha. And he had to die so that people could be saved. When we're talking about our missions emphasis this month with these, these children over there in the Middle East, many people over there have died to see other people get saved. They've taken up their cross. Of course, today we think taking up our cross is going out in the heat, like we did yesterday on a Saturday, to pray for people. Oh, that's taking up our cross. That may be part of it, but we want to say, well, that, that's, that's rough on me. But to really take up our cross is to say that nobody else is going to get in the way of me leading people to Jesus. And even if it's going to cost me, I'm still going to lead people to Jesus. The story that Christy gave you this morning, uh, also in that story, this man has become a Christian and, and he has had issues with his business now because of that. But he continues to rejoice in the Lord because of what Jesus did inside of him and how the Holy Spirit has empowered him. He is taking up his cross and following Jesus. If, if it was required of you, just like it was required of the disciples, just as we've seen many of our Christians across the Middle East with their heads being cut off, if it was required of you, would you sit there? Would you stand there? Would you say, yes, I still believe Jesus? And if it was required of you, if you are the relative, just like the women who are married to these men that were killed just a couple of years ago in the orange jumpsuits, you know, it was a number of them, I can't remember, like 15 or 10, 15 of them. <clears throat> would you, as a wife or as a relative, would you forgive them like they forgave them? See, that's taking up your cross too. Would you do that? We have to do that. That's what being sold out matters. That, that's, that's what being sold out means. We cannot save people. I did say that we have to go to the point to see people get saved. That's what Jesus did. We can't save them, but we definitely can live our life in a way. And we can speak in a way. And we can talk to them in a way to lead them to Jesus. They have to make that deci decision, and the Holy Spirit has to work in their life. But let me tell you something. If you'll work on them, I've seen people that you wouldn't believe get saved. And we're talking about these people in the Middle East, these hardened Islamists in the Middle East that are finding Jesus and getting saved because somebody said, you know what, I'm going to pray for them and I'm going to love them. People should look at each one of us every day and say something is different about that person. Something is different. And when people see us, they should say, when they're going through a rough time, it should be the point where somebody comes to you and says, you know what, could you pray with me about this? Because they're going to see that difference in you. They're going to see something, and they're going to say, I know I don't have the answer, but there's something over here, something over here that this person has that I just think that if I talk to them that maybe something can change. And in that moment and in that time, Jesus 
will give you an opportunity. The Holy Spirit will speak through you in a way you go, I don't know if I'm going to know what to say. Don't worry about it. He'll speak through you. He'll do things that you could never imagine. Remember Moses? Remember all the things that Moses was able to do and all the the miracles he was able to perform because the Lord was speaking through him? And he says, oh, but Lord, I, I, I stammer and I don't know how to talk. And he was able to rescue the children of Israel out of Egypt because he was obedient to what the Lord has called him to do. Think about it. Many of you have been asked these questions after you surrendered your life to Jesus. Why did you stop drinking? Or why don't you cuss anymore? Or why don't you listen to that music that you used to listen to? It used to be your favorite. Now you don't even listen to it anymore. And then it really starts standing out when they find out that you read your Bible every day, that you pray every day, that you go to church multiple times a week and hang out with church people. And all of a sudden they start realizing something has changed. Something is different. And you might not even have to say something, but they see it. They see the difference. Now, I just want to say, because you do these things, I don't want us to to get in this rut that says, oh, if I do X, Y, and Z, then I'm good. Just because you do these things doesn't mean that you have surrendered your life to Jesus. Just this week, I saw a post on Facebook. And it was opposed by an organization, a Christian organization that I really liked, and they were just applauding and promoting this uh, Hollywood actor who is a major actor in Hollywood and, and a huge star, and his faith in Christ. But I want to put faith in quotation marks, because I knew this Hollywood actor, I knew some of the films he'd been in as of late that are blockbusters. I knew the language that he uses. I knew some of the scenes that he has done in there with with, uh, women. And I was just very taken back. Now, I understand that a lot of times that we as individuals, we don't really check up on it. But I was a little disappointed because (coughs) this was a major organization. And I'm like, why don't they check this stuff before they push it out there? So I made a comment about it. I said, listen, why are we promoting someone as a Christian? Why are we saying they are a Christian when their life on the big screen doesn't even match what you're saying their faith is? Just because they go help somebody at a hospital and they quote something out of the scriptures. Why are we doing this? And what was surprising to me was how many people jumped on top of me for saying anything about it. But this is the thing. When I saw it, I was shocked to find out that he was a Christian. I would never have believed that this guy was a Christian. Now, I don't know, where, I don't know if he's a Christian or he's not a Christian. All I'm saying is I'm looking at his fruit, and I'm, I have questions. I have questions. So just because we do everything else, let's don't become people that checkmark. Let's don't put a checkmark down and say, oh, I went to church this week. Oh, I sang. I raised my hands. I went to, I went to our small group this week. Oh, and, and, and I, went, I, I was hanging out with, with this person or that person this week. Let's don't do that. Let's let it be something real in our life, something that has really changed us. So when we talk about, when I was talking about this person right here, believing in God, remember I talked about this a little bit last week, believing in God is not what we have turned it into today. Believing in God 
It's surrendering our life to Christ. You can believe that there is a God, but when you say, I believe in God, that means that you're surrendering your life to him. If you call yourself a believer, <clears throat> you have to surrender your life to him. Don't get tricked by the devil into the whole, I believe God exists, I do good things, I help people, I quote scripture, I say prayer. Because Matthew 7, 21 through 23, this is exactly what he says. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. I never knew you. Do you understand? Do you get this? He said, you have prophesied. I, they said, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. And we perform many miracles in your name. Even through all of this, he says, I don't know you. Just like this actor who's living his life like the devil, but calling himself a Christian, we have to be careful that we don't do the same thing. Because we don't want to one day get to heaven and be in that same situation. And Jesus looked at us and said, I'm sorry, I never knew you. Let's be sold out instead. Let's be sold out. Let's take up our cross, let's carry our cross and follow Jesus the way he asked us to. Let, uh, let us not have nothing else be more important in our lives than taking up our cross and following him. But the question is, you say, okay, in this world today, with all that's going on, with all that's on the internet, with all that's on TV, with all the peer pressure that's around me, how do I do this? How do I sell out to Jesus? How do I stay sold out? In Acts 1.8, he gives us the answer. Jesus was talking to the disciples but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So what is the answer? The answer is an encounter with the Holy Spirit. The person, remember I said earlier, what is an encounter? The person-to-person -person encounter with the Holy Spirit. That is the only way that you can stay sold out. I truly do believe that, that encounter. Now, in our next message, I'm, gonna, I'm going to dig down into this. We're going to look deeper into this encounter because we just don't have enough time to really deal with it this morning. And I really want you to get a hold of this. I really want, I told you last week, this to be life-changing for our church. All these few weeks in this summer, I want us to just be, get so strong and so full of the Holy Spirit and so on fire for God that we are going out and adding to the church daily because we're leading people to Christ. We're leading people to Christ. If we are so sold out, this is going to happen. Don't get scared. Don't get worried. Don't get concerned. Well, it hasn't happened yet. So what? Let's let God take care of that. Let's let the Holy Spirit take care of that. And so in our next message, we're going to look at this encounter, how we have this encounter I'm talking about, 
because this goes deeper. 1-8 is a great verse, but we've got to go deeper into what, what that means and, and what ended up happening and what Jesus was talking about, and, and that will help us understand how this encounter happened. And, and uh, if we could go ahead and get the, uh, if somebody could go get the kids and, and Christy and let them know we're fixing to uh, partake of communion. And last week I asked you, and I'm, I'm still going to ask you if you'll do this over the next uh, three more weeks. If you will continue to pray that God will strengthen you and speak to you and open up your heart for him. And then Thursday from 5 p.m. to Friday at 5 p.m., if you will fast and you will pray, I just think God's going to do something. Now, again, like I said last week, if if health reasons you can't, that's fine. Uh, I totally understand if you can only fast one meal. Or if you say, hey, I can't fast during that time but I can do it on Monday or I can do it on Tuesday. That's fine, too. I just want us to get closer to God because I believe that God has big things planned for each and every one of you. Uh, so we don't need the music right now. We're going we're gonna to have the uh, music up here. Thank you, though, for that. <clears throat> so get ready what God's going to do in each and every life this week. And uh, we're going to give the kids just a second to get up here. I know that it was they, – they have a great teaching – uh, there. Where's my kids? Thank you. Thank you. 